Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek. Well, hi everybody out there in radio podcast land. This is Chrissy McQueen, and Justin Winters is on my left. And you know what we host? A podcast. But not just any podcast. One called So... I married a movie geek. You may have noticed the play on words, but what you may not know, that is, if you're a first-time listener, is that it's based on the fact that Justin has seen pretty much every movie under the sun, and in fact is the Encyclopedia Brown of film, and I... The Encyclopedia Brown? Yes. Okay. And I... Like I'm a, I'm a detective of film? Yes. Okay. And I... And the Cher Horowitz of film. I look for the best. Sometimes I see the worst, but I haven't seen much of anything. And welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was wonderful. Aren't you glad I gave everybody that synopsis? Is that what that was? Kind of, if you think about it. It was like a blurb, but in oral vomit form. As opposed to written vomit form. No. I needed to, you know, keep everybody abreast of what we're doing here. We got so many new listeners from that Popcorn Mafia thing we did. Like, they have to know what we're all about. Yeah, we were on another podcast. That was amazing. Yeah. It was, like, professional with, like, microphones. So much cooler than ours. And, like, he- <laughs> headphones. And, and took place in a studio. studio Like a real one. That was awesome. It was. Maybe someday we can be professional like that. Uh, a huge radio high five to the lovely Gray Drake who hosted us on the Popcorn Mafia's podcast. Yeah, we talked about space. Space. Cowboys yes. and <laughs> aliens and moo-moos. And, uh, yeah, and a lot of other things, too. But we don't want to give it all away. So if you would like to listen to us guest on the Popcorn Mafia, you can find it on iTunes, uh, of course, search for the Popcorn Mafia, but you can also search for the movies that we saw, which were Cowboys and Aliens and Space Cowboys. Capiche? Capiches. Capiches. I learned that from Full House, I will have you know. That's sad. Why is that sad? I was I was young at the time. I shouldn't have known what capiche meant right out of the womb. Well, I hope you weren't right out of the womb when you were watching Full House. Still young. I needed Uncle Jesse to tell me, Capiche. I just wonder how how much of our um, U.S. population has learned things from Full House. Oh, a huge number. Everybody knows that your feet smell and take them out of the shoes if you're Kimmy Kibler. Get 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 get. So we watched two movies this week. Oh, we did. Yeah. Uh, we went back to the Kubrick well because. We just gotten me started on that a couple weeks ago. We saw The Shining with Jack Nicholson from your birth year, Justin, 1980. That is true. That's when I was born. I know. Old one. That was a great year. It, it was a great year. But here's my question. Since this came out the year you were born, mm-hmm. how old were you when you saw it for the first time? I cannot remember. I know I ask you this relatively often, but sometimes I just, it's because I feel like you see really advanced movies at a really young age. Well, I'm sure I did this one because it was a Stephen King. Uh, it was based on a Stephen King book, and we've already talked about how I was reading Stephen King books probably when I shouldn't have. So so you read The Shining, obviously, before you saw the film. I think I did, yeah. But the, the film's a, a lot different um, from, from the movie. I can't remember the differences because it was so long ago, but I just remember it being different. Do you think that one is better than the other? Um, I mean, I always like the books better, but um, this is probably one of my favorite movies based on one of his books, even though it is different. Really? Yes. You're saying that Thinner isn't your favorite movie. Oh, I hate Thinner. <laughs> Have you seen Thinner? No, I've just seen pieces of it. Oh, I went to see Thinner in the in the actual theater, and I was so depressed. Well, it, I just... it made me want to eat lots of food. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
I was like, where's some gun candy? That's basically all I know is that he just gets thinner and thinner, and I don't know if it's a karma thing or what. Oh, it was stupid. It was terrible. All right, well. But, um, I mean, in terms of Stephen King um, uh, books that have been turned into movies, I I really have a fondness for It. We, we talked about that before with The Clown. Yeah. I have a fondness for uh, The Stand that was turned into a TV movie. Do you know what I have a fondness for? The Shining. No. Food. Baked goods. Are you trying to say I'm a fatty or something? No, we were just talking about... Chrissy's a vegan, guys. And she Mostly. Was, she was talking about how um, people are bringing in baked goods to her workplace. And she just can't resist eating these baked goods. No, you don't understand. My show is having a bake-off, okay? I, I don't care, but you... You know, if it's something like... To do with me, I'm like, oh, Chrissy, just go eat this. You know, it's not meat, but it's got some, might have some eggs or, or something in it. You're like, no, I would not break the rule of veganism. Well, no, no, but, no, no, But she puts baked goods in front of her at her workplace, and she's like, wah, 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 wah. But hold on. I have long said I am mostly vegan. If people ask me, what are you? I say, I'm mostly vegan, meaning in my everyday diet and what I choose to eat, what I buy, what I order at restaurants is always vegan. That being said, if it's a home-baked good that someone has make, made, I will try it. And that's what qualifies me as being mostly vegan. If I were talking to a true blue vegan, oh, I would tell them the whole way. I'm, yeah, technically that makes me, I guess, vegetarian. But I, I try to be as vegan as I can, with the exception of baked goods. And why would you try try to derail me from that, sir? I'm not trying to derail you at all. I'm just I'm, I'm talking about how you you bend the rules for for certain things and for but not for the things that you want me to bend the rules for. Well, okay. Well, say you were stuck in like this huge creepy hotel for like months, like. And you ran out of vegan foods, and you were stuck there and snowbound. That's entirely different. It's you... for survival. <laughs> entirely different. Yes, I would have milk and eggs if it meant my survival. What, would you have meat? No. So you would just die? Well, I doubt that the meat is the last item available because meat is perishable. I'm sure there would be plenty of canned goods on hand. The meat's in the freezer. Again, canned goods. They last forever. So you'd be eating a lot of fruit cocktails. <laughs> and green beans and lima beans. I actually really like lima beans. And black-eyed peas, which you introduced me to. Black-eyed peas are the bomb. They are pretty good. One of my favorite peas, if I have to say myself. Well, much better than real green peas. Those are not so good. It's true. So, can you explain to me, obviously, since you are the expert and I am the layman, in this particular aspect of our relationship? What? What is the big deal about this movie? Everybody for years is like, oh, you want to be scared? Watch The Freaking Shining. And I'm like, all right. And then I saw it and thought, meh. Okay. Okay. Why is it so supposedly scary? I mean, I, uh, I just think it's spooky. Just it's got a lot of imagery that sticks with you that's really strange and weird. And, you know... It delves down deep into the fear of being stuck in, you know, a claustrophobic place and you have no way out. You know, that was actually the most perfect answer you could have given. Yeah. Really, truly. I was looking up at the ceiling trying to imagine what you were saying. And then when you said the word imagery specifically, I conjured up the two twin girls who had obviously been murdered. The twin girls, you know, the the bloody elevator thing, the... um. <laughs> the infamous guy in a bear suit going down on another dude in a hotel room. Gross. <laughs> that's that's just shocking. Um, well, Kubrick is good cra- at that. Crazy old naked lady, you know, coming out of the tub. Oh, yeah, she was scary, too. And then, you know, your dad just going crazy and trying to murder you and your mom. But see, the, ah, aye, there's the rub. I feel like... What you said, as far as the imagery and the whole feeling of general claustrophobia that you cannot get away from your specific situation, in this case, you know, a cabin that's been snowed in, not cabin, but a hotel. Cabin fever. Yeah, quite literally, in Colorado. Yes, 
But the entire plot itself was what I had trouble with. I understand they go up to this hotel in Colorado. They're going to manage it during the off season. All right, all right. You know, makings for for spookiness. But why? Uh, I just thought of 10 minutes into the movie where the whole like first 10 15 minutes is establishing what the movie's about and that they're <laughs> they're they're going to be you know taking know ca- taking care of this hotel during the the summer whatever the off the, the off season the winter off season and <laughs> after all of this this preparation and and information once the people leave Chrissy's like where did the people go <laughs> <laughs> Why are they all alone? And I'm like, yeah, you weren't really paying attention no, during that I, whole part. Here's the best part. I didn't even ask why are they alone and where did all the people go. I said to you, why is that kid allowed to ride his tricycle through the hotel like that? No, you did not. Yes, I did. And I was like, that was no, I didn't. I was no, like, no, you were mm, like, where did all the people go? No, that's that, exactly what you said. No, because he was riding his tricycle through, and I was like, mm, that would turn away potential customers. Well, um, fun personal fact about this movie, the, um, the actual hotel, um, and exteriors of it were, were used of a hotel that I've actually been to What in my, um, near my birth city of Portland, Oregon. Really? I went, it's called the Timberline Lodge. Um, exteriors are used in the movie and I think they kind of based the look of it off that hotel. They did a lot of the interiors in, like, London or whatever. Anyway, I went to this hotel with my dad when I was 11. Oh, my gosh. And he murdered me. I'm a ghost. What does that say about my taste? (laughs) No, he didn't murder me, luckily. But it was kind of scary because by that time I had seen the movie and I was like... Oh my God! Is it going to be the same inside? I Am I going to see spirits? I actually can't. I hope believe. I don't go to room what? What was it? Two thirty-seven. Two thirty-seven. I hope we're not in room two thirty-seven. First of all, I can't believe that you saw this movie prior to the age of eleven. And second of all, what I really can't believe is that your dad took you to the place where they shot the exteriors and was like, "Guess what, son? We're going to stay here." <laughs> and you were probably like. Yes, I urinated on myself. <laughs> I pooped on myself. Um, I didn't say anything about poop, all right? You brought that in. <laughs> no, I mean, the in, I don't think the interior is anything like it is in the movie. Like I said, they pretty much just use the exterior shots for it. But anyway, okay. it's a great um, uh, skiing p- place to go. Like, it's, it's right near the mountain, and you actually ski, like, down the mountain, and you can you ski, like, into, like... It's almost like a garage in the back of the hotel and like they have like the fireplaces and you get some hot cocoa and nobody murders you at all. Nobody is murdered at all. It's all everyone. What? You do this while you're skiing? You ski into a garage and get some hot cocoa? It's like an overhang. Like. Yeah. So like. (laughs) You don't like ski. You don't like ski down and like open a door. Like you ski into like it's almost like a inner area and you take off your skis and then you go inside oh. and they have like fireplaces and hot cocoa and they have this this saint bernard dog that like walks around the hotel with like his little thing underneath his neck yeah what it's awesome by the way you failed to mention about the, how you take off your skis the first time because i was literally imagining like a cartoon like roadrunner or something going down the hill and going through some sort of like meep, meep. lodge yeah meet me oh that drove me meep, crazy meep. the kids watching roadrunner constantly in this movie and the amount of meep meeping was way too much for my liking the roadrunner doesn't meet meep that much that it is, doesn't there's an n- unnecessary amount of meep meeping it, it, i did say that <laughs> That's when you know something is awry. Ghosts are involved when there's too much meat meat. Meat meat. Meat meat. I'm like, he does not meat meat every two seconds. He just doesn't. So overall, what did you think of the movie? I mean, I Besides was, not being scared of it. Well, I, I mean, I thought it was good. I Like I said, and, and I continue to back you up in your explanation of imagery and also of uh, claustrophobia. And the general tone of the movie is great. I appreciate the tone and what it was trying to do with the theme. I mean, the, I mean, imagine watching it before the age of 11. You, oh, I'd be freaked out. Okay. It's the scene-by-scene scene progression of it that I take issue with. I don't even take mass issue with it. See, and I think that's one of the best parts because it's like a... It's, it's, it's a slow and steady build-up. It's a slow burn. And with the music, like the music's all like... 
very ominous and like I don't like, even remember there being music at the end when I saw there was you know a music producer I was like there was music in this no you you also noted the music you're like oh this is like uh, Blade Runner music like that's right and, and that was just in the very very beginning beyond the very very beginning I didn't even notice music throughout the entirety of the film Oh, no, it's great. Go back and listen to it. In fact, there were times where I thought there should be music here and there was nothing. <laughs> I really did. I thought I had that thought. And let's talk about Jack Nicholson, shall we? He was great in this movie. He really grew on me. And here's the thing when I say that. Every other movie I have ever seen him in, I really enjoy him. And I, and I think that he's a terribly good actor. That being said, when this film started and up until maybe the first... Between the first third and the first half, I was not impressed. I thought his performance was uninspired and that maybe he was doing a lot of line readings and that he just hadn't reached his full potential yet. And I was like, it's weird that people think this is the quintessential Jack Nicholson film because it's not doing much for me. I mean, he's not anyway. He seems wooden almost. And then when the crazy came out, that's when it changed and he did a 180 for me in terms of his performance. And it was like, oh, now I get it. What was the point where you're like, oh, now I get it? Do you remember the scene? For me, it wasn't really even one particular scene. There were a few red flags on the way to Jack is uh, no work. Um, I'm sorry. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. That was like a real turning point. The best novel ever written, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Real big turning point. But up until then, the red flags were like when she would come in the room and she'd ask, you know, oh... You know, where's the kid, or have you seen this, or whatever, and he'd get really, really mad at her. That was one red flag, serious. I always thought, even as a kid, I was like, well, he's not, he, he wasn't dad of the year at the beginning anyway. No, not at all. He was kind of an asshole at the beginning, so he went from asshole to, you know, murdering psycho. But what was his motive for killing, or wanting to kill, I should say, the wife and the kid? What was the motive? Um, I get that. What was his motive? Yeah. Well, it was a combination of cabin fever and the possibility that he was, you know, uh, the spirits had taken him over, you know. For real? Yeah. Don't you, I mean, the number one rule in a scary movie is don't live or stay in a, a dwelling that has been built on an Indian burial ground. We learned that in Poltergeist. We did learn that in Poltergeist. Exactly. Was this built on an Indian burial ground? Yeah. Oh. That was during that whole first 15, 20 minutes they explained that, where you're like, where did the people go? <laughs> what kind of resort is this? <laughs> where are the Mai Tais? <laughs> okay. Well, that makes a lot more sense then. But how, how are they going to get out of that maze if no <laughs> one's there to help them? The maze. Let's talk about the maze for a second. The maze 2, the best movie oh, ever. Oh, man. <laughs> the maze 2. Worth the Netflix. Did the, 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 the maze remind you of um, uh, the Harry Potter maze? or It didn't. But you know what I always think whenever I see anybody in a hedge maze? What? I always try to pretend like I am that character and I really do, like, I put blinders on and I try to think, like, how, if I could figure my way out of the maze based on what I'm seeing from their POV of the camera. And I'm thinking, the whole time the kid was in it, I was like, travel in a straight line. Try to travel in as straight a line as you can. If you veer off course, remember that you veered to the left and try to go back right to get back in a straight line. And, and he did it so fluidly and almost effortlessly in both, uh, when he was alone and when, when he was with his mom earlier on in the film, that I was like, how? I mean, you see the overhead shot of this maze. It's a complicated maze. How did he do that? Well, he had uh, all that practice w within the hotel. Where it was like a maze anyway with his little big wheel. His big wheel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want a big wheel. Is, yeah. is 31 too, year, too old to have a big wheel? At your height, yes. Normally, no. You think they could... Is, could the big wheel company custom make me a gigantic big wheel? A gigantic wheel? <laughs> that would be awesome. Elephantitis wheel. Elephantitis wheel. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be hard to pedal if you had elephantitis. No, no, no. no. It, the the apparatus has <laughs> your balls would be yeah. dragging on the ground. <laughs> no, I'm saying. Ow, 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 ow. Isn't elephantitis just mean that something is ridiculously overgrown? I, when people say elephantitis, I just, <laughs> just go straight to the ball. Elephantitis of the balls. Oh no. <laughs> 
talked about this once before. I saw a guy in Thousand Oaks who had elephantitis leg. He had one leg that was like four times the size of his other leg, and he was in a wheelchair, and you saw him everywhere. People would point and be like, there's an elephantitis leg guy. Well, he'd, he'd have a hard time on the gigantic wheel as well. Okay. Do you know what I really wanted as a kid? What? Never got. A Hot Wheels car. Like, I wanted either, like, the like Barbie a, like car. little one? Or the Jeep. Anything that was electric. Oh, the electric kind. Oh. Oh, I wanted electric Hot Wheels. Why don't we have, like, huge versions of those for everyone now? We do. They're called cars. No. Electric <laughs> ones. Who killed the electric they're, car? They're called Priuses. <laughs> no. Those still have gasoline. I'm talking about totally, like, just gigantic. They're called the Nissan Leaf. (laughs) You should see. Did you see Who Killed the Electric Car? The documentary? I did. Is that with you? One of my friends worked on that. Natalie. Really? Yeah. Natalie from uh, Blonde, like, short blonde. Yeah. Way to go, Natalie Arton. It's a great movie. You should watch it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so big, like... Like the hot, kind, big yeah. Hot Wheels, big huge. Oh my god! Uh, Do you remember gigantic, the commercials from the gigantic 80s? Wheels, where it was I'm like, like Barbie, and like you saw like the girls like who are eight years old, they're so super blonde and wearing their pink rim sunglasses, and they'd be like, ha 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 ha, driving around the little Hot Wheels set with the doll in the back seat. I do remember that. I was so on board. So on board. Um, I, I assume your mom was not on board. She was not on board. First of all, she was like, I'm sorry. I, I She didn't even want me to have Barbies, period, the end. She was like, I don't see the merit in undressing and redressing a grown woman's body. What a spoiled sport. She was a feminist. And so she really didn't even want me to have Barbies. It was a huge fight over the course of like four years for me to even get like one or two Barbies. And then when I wanted this, she's like, this is just outrageous because I'm never going to let you go around the neighborhood by yourself, which means I have to be with you at all times. It's plastic fantastic. It's ridiculous. It's Kmart Pepto-Bismol pink, and it's way too expensive. So, no. So put yourself in the family, uh, the Torrance family's shoes. How would you have dealt with being stuck in this place for months on end? It depends on whose shoes I'm in, to be honest with you. Really, it does. Totally does. If I'm the kid, I'm going to start discovering my wee-wee. Your (laughs) wee-wee? Yes. And I'm going to be like, what's this? Well, I have nothing else to do but figure out what this is. (laughs) I would spend a whole season dedicated to finding out what was good about my wee-wee. Oh, man. He, He... Oh... (laughs) <laughs> didn't expect that, did you? Is he like just searching the rooms for anything <laughs> close resembling porn at all? No. No, but this is just what kids do at that particular age when they're like, I have nothing else to do. Oh, that feels good. And then they like figure out what it is. <gasps> oh my God. My dad's going crazy. <laughs> my mom's chain smoking <laughs> off of the place. I might as well masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> Well, especially since he can, well, wait a minute, he wait can a minute, see wait a into the past, into the future. So, so he's like, he's like masturbating to ghosts, friggin' twins. Oh my god! Wait, and the twins. I forgot that he was a telepath. What the shi- I, I know, but I totally forgot for a second. Oh, that's right. You actually missed what The Shining actually is. Don't you mean? Don't you remember the cook? Explaining yeah, yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah, Some people like to shine. I thought he was going to tap dance when he said that. Um, <laughs> first of all, like jazz hands. Um, first of all, I totally forgot about the telepathy thing. Second of all, I wouldn't think that he would do that if his father was crazy. I kind of like took the other two people out of the equation and thought, well, if you're a kid and you're by yourself in this hotel, what would you do? I just imagine, you remember like when, when the shit really starts to hit the fan and he's like, like having convulsions and like slobbering all over himself. Oh, no. <laughs> like pans down. He's like, oh, 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 <laughs> that's oh. disgusting. We should not be talking about that considering his age on this podcast. <laughs> not okay. Justin. Because he loves that sound. I hate that sound. I hate it. Oh, you went there, dude. Talking about his wee wee. No, well, I said you asked me if I was one of the characters. What would I do? He's a little young to be playing with his wee wee. No, I don't mean like playing. <laughs> you brought in masturbation. I said discovering. You said play with his wee wee. Yeah, discovering. 
discovering, like, what does it do? Like, discovering that he has a wee-wee? Well, like, what, what does, does it he, do? What is he, the Columbus of penis? <laughs> Holy crap! There's a penis down there. The Columbus of penis? You said discovering. Well, that's what kids do! It doesn't mean they're masturbating. It just means that they're, like, looking down at their junk and figuring out what it's about. It depends how bored you are, I guess. <laughs> you just asked me an entire season, and he's by himself what he's going to do. That was the most logical choice for a little boy. <laughs> oh, man. It was. Okay, now now which character am I? What do you mean? You said each character, like, what would you do? You, uh, I don't think you really liked uh, the Shelley Duvall character at all, did you? I just, her teeth really bothered me. Well, that's her teeth. Really, though? I don't remember Shelley Duvall's teeth being that screwed up. Another. All right, here's the pop quiz. What have, What else have you seen Shelley Duvall in, Chrissy? Wasn't she the redheaded <laughs> camp counselor in that one movie in, like, late 80s? That's Shelley Long. <laughs> oh, <crap>. so <laughs> I screwed up my did you, ever, did you ever see uh, Popeye with uh, Robin Williams? Popeye? She was olive oil. Oh, Popeye. Yeah. Popeye. Popeye? Popeye. 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 There you go. Okay. You never, never saw it? Nope. She was olive oil. I just saw the cartoon. She's not a cartoon. She, you're right. She's not. What did you like about the movie, Chrissy? Well, I mean, aside from what we've already said, um, well, no, that's what I really liked about the movie, what we already said. Honestly. You, you like the little boy discovering his wee-wee. No! I did uh, No, I like the guy who I felt like he was going to tap dance. Um, I liked him too, but if he had The Shining, why didn't he see all this stuff going on ahead of time? I think maybe The Shining is like selective. Yeah? It's like a selective talent. Selective shining. Yeah, like it. It, it doesn't always. It's not always on, and even when you want it to be on, sometimes it's not. It's like sometimes you get lucky and it happens to be there. Wow, you're like a expert in the shining now. Maybe that's because I shine. Justin, <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> okay. Um. What is there anything about this movie that you can kind of commiserate with me on that you feel like didn't flow or seemed like it was just kind of like, man, not like terrible, but you know, okay. Because I feel like a pervasive kind of like, well, this was a good movie, but why people laud it so haughtily? Didn't I explain at the beginning? It's just, it's a classic. Why though? No, no, no. Or why not? Like, don't you see what I'm talking why about? Why not? About how the plot was a sl- such a slow burn that towards the end it was just like, get it over with. You're like, just murder your family already. <laughs> no, honestly, I, I my favorite scene in the whole thing was in the maze when the kid was trying to figure out how to cover up his footsteps and not have Jack Nicholson find him. And that was so exciting to me that it was almost a letdown to see Jack Nicholson limping behind because I'm like, come on, he's never going to catch up with him anyway. I always wonder, like, how the, the actual maze walls, like, how, like, branchy. Like, could you just run, run through the wall? Doubt it. Too many branches? It seemed like they were dense. Dense? Yeah. Dense walls? Yeah. Hmm. I was, just, I, was, I was disappointed the maze wasn't at the actual hotel that it was the exterior was based off of. But if the hedges are dense enough, you could climb them. Ooh. But you get your hands all scraped up. That's true. And he was short. He was a short kid. It'd be hard to. He was little. He was a little kid. Uh, so you had originally asked me what I thought of Shelley Duvall, and I mentioned her teeth. Yeah. She really didn't come into focus for me as a character until the last third of the film, when she was trying to save the kid. And she was kind of like on the run from Jack Nicholson. Well, she was kind of sl- slow to. <laughs> She, that actually, was just it. she didn't have any character be, development. be a protective mom. Well, and she also didn't have a character. Whether or not... You can be an unprotective mother or even a negligent mother, but if you have some sort of... You don't even have to have redeeming quality, but have some sort of, I don't know, color to your palette as far as, you know, your character is concerned. Then I could care either way about you. She was so entirely expendable until the last third. So, see, see, there are elements here of this movie that aren't totally perfect. I didn't say it was a perfect movie. I didn't say that. Great. I, I love it. I love it. It's, like I said, it's one of those movies 
that uh, I started watching when I was a kid, and I watched it more and more. The, um, the imagery, this is one of the movie, first movies that's, uh, I think, employed the use of a steady cam. Like, there's a lot of, like, you know, the mm-hmm. steady cam following someone through whatever. Right. Yeah, like the holes. Or, or like, the way he uses the camera it's like sometimes the walls are not even there you know that's true the way it was shot was really brilliant in a lot of ways and I know and I'm not totally bashing this movie and and just mise-en-scene with like things like coming out of the background you're like whoa what is that the whole shot of I've already talked about him and the gigantic wheel (laughs) and he goes around the corner and the the twins are there and you're like didn't see that coming time to masturbate kid (laughs) Oh, Josh. Here comes the blood out of the elevator. Oh, oh too far. Too far. I just think it's hilarious. The whole wee-wee thing. We oh, God. There's a line and you left over it. Well, I'm never going to be able to watch the movie again without thinking of you <laughs> saying that. Great. I'm glad I did that for you. He's discovering himself. I didn't say he was. You asked me specifically, what would you do if you were, like, snowed in for three months and I said, depends on who I am. And you said, all right, you're the kid. I'm like, I guess I'd discover my wee-wee. <laughs> like, honestly. Oh, man. I think I'd have trouble um, writing a, a book if I was snowbound like uh, Jack Torrance was. Really? I find that interesting because I feel like you're easily distracted. Which I am, too. It's not a bad thing, but you are. That's a part of your personality. So Listen to who's talking. I just said I am, too. Did you not hear me? No, I would need to, like, I need to get out and, you know, let my thoughts breathe in the air. Go on, like, a, yeah, just in, stuck in a hotel for that amount of time. I'd be like, ugh. You'd go stir crazy? I would murder someone. Oh. Well, that's heartening. <laughs> Are you claustrophobic by nature? Um, I don't know. Sometimes. Elevators? I mean, if it's a bunch of people. Cars. Thinking of elevators, I'm like... Planes. A gi- I'm like a giant. So, if like a bunch of people get me in the elevator, I just feel like... Like, hello, little people. I can see all the top of your heads. <laughs> but honestly, that actually probably helps you against claustrophobia because... As a little person, let me tell you, whenever... And I'm not claustrophobic by any And I also, I'm like, what if one of us is El Diablo? Oh, please. <laughs> yeah, that movie. <laughs> oh, devil. Um, but as a shorter person, you feel swallowed up mm-hmm. because you can't see, like, above anyone or anything. I don't think I'm claustrophobic. I'm definitely more afraid of heights than being claustrophobic, so... Oh, me too. Like, if the hotel was, like, on a gigantic mount- mountain... Like, perched on a mountain, I would be very afraid of that, so. I'm a little bit better with heights now than I than I used to be. When we were in Washington, I walked across a bridge by myself above some cliffs. And I was afraid. True. Because, again, the, the railing was, like, at my knees. <laughs> so I'm like, just a, you know, a sh- quick bustle of wind would t- have me teetering over. So. so you stood on the sidelines and discovered your wee-wee. Yes. At the age of 30. <laughs> Good for you! Finally! <laughs> I knew it was coming. You found it! Coming. Oh, dear. Okay. Did you have a shining about it? <laughs> you totally did. I got my shining on, yeah. <laughs> Let's shine this thing off, guys. <laughs> well, never mind. I was going to say you could polish it. <laughs> then it would shine. Let's think about how many masturbation synonyms can we come up? I mean, when you're a ghost, do you still masturbate? Like, if you're called Limbo. Are you, like, Casper? That's the thing. Patrick Swayze, he never even thought to try to masturbate while he was called Limbo. (laughs) He's busy. He's busy trying to save Demi Moore's life. What about Reese Witherspoon in that one medical movie that nobody saw where she was caught in Limbo? I don't know. Masturbation would probably made that a much better movie. <laughs> People would have seen it then. Exactly. I would have seen it. Masturbation and things like that do not always a movie make, though. I remember J-Lo having a conversation in Geely about, like, how kissing a woman is equivalent to, like, going down on a woman, and nobody saw that movie. That movie definitely needed limbo masturbation. <laughs> that would have... Oh, wow. Did you see Geely? 
Yes. So do you know the conversation I'm talking about? No. I wiped it from my memory. No. Well, fine. So um, the the final shot of The Shining is of uh, the, the picture on the wall. What did you think of the picture on the wall? I don't remember this final shot that you're talking about. Well, the the camera's like focused on a wall with all these frames of pictures and it goes closer and closer and he looks Oh, oh, and you see Jack Nicholson in like nineteen twenty. Yeah, what does that mean? Well, I guess it means I was gonna say that he's a ghost, but that can't be because he married somebody and how can ghosts marry people and have kids? Even if they can marry somebody, how does a reproductive system work to be able to have kids? They're a ghost. So you're going to discriminate against ghosts? They can't get married and have kids now? I'm not discriminating. It's a physiological you, fact. They can marry and have... They can marry, go- maybe, but they can't have kids. They, they can't can, produce offspring. They can have ghost kids. Really? Vampires can't. Why can't ghosts? I don't think you're the... You're the so you're an expert on shining. You're an expert on ghost reproduction now. No, I'm just saying You're an expert on wee-wees. If you're, if you're a ghost, your plumbing doesn't work anymore. <laughs> You're a ghost. That's what happens. You're dead. That's so sad. But no. I mean, unless the whole family were ghosts. Like, they were also around in 1920. I just assumed he was like a a reincarnation of the previous guy. Like, he'd been reincarnated into this dude. And that's part of the reason that he went crazy and started killing people. Do you know what I assumed? What? That he was immortal, but if he didn't kill his wife and son, he would no longer get to be immortal and would actually die. Whoa. (laughs) Thanks, Keanu. Whoa. I did. I was like, something about killing his family makes him strong. Until he gets lost in the maze and gets frozen. Could have been cryogenic. Cryogenically frozen. They could have come up with the sequel. Thank God that they didn't come up with a sequel. <laughs> True. What would the sequel been about? She remarries. Mm-hmm. They go back to the same hotel. No. That guy goes crazy. No. The kid, she goes crazy. No, the kid gets older and becomes a budding, young, aspiring journalist and has to go back to cover a story about this hotel that he stayed in when he was a kid. And he has a kid. And that kid discovers his wee-wee in the same location that his dad discovered his own wee-wee. No, that's too far. No, no, no. Too much wee-wee discovering. (laughs) So what would be your final grade for The Shining? Our version or the real version? The real version that you saw. Because our version gets a D. Um, Their version gets a B. B plus. Okay. And for you? It's an A for me. It's one of my favorite movies. Not like top 10, top 20, maybe top 50, probably. I love that you have 50 favorite movies. I've seen a lot of friggin' movies. But isn't that cheap in the word favorite? Favorite denotes above all others. Forsaking yourself only for them. Wow. All right. others. Semantics. It's true. (sighs) Your other 50 movies feel a little bit gypped now. But I thought I was your favorite. (laughs) It's true. Okay. Okay, on to our second movie, The Fly. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know Hannibal Lecter was in The Fly. (laughs) I I didn't know what sound a fly would make that I could do. They just both like... (laughs) That's more like a bee, though. No, it's like a fly. Buzzing of a fly. Yeah. Still feels like a bee. Or like the original fly. Help me. Help me. What? Did you ever see the original fly? No. Okay. No. <laughs> what are you doing? Okay, so Chrissy. Yes? You've never seen the fly. Nope. Starring one of your favorite people oh, of all time. What my, do you, what my, did you, Before we get to him, Yeah. what did you think of uh, it overall? I thought it was pretty good. There are some parts of it that are grotesque, understandingly... Uh, understandably so, because it needs to be in order to convey what they're trying to convey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very dark in tone. It was very dark in visual mm-hmm. like quality. Uh, I liked it overall. It's not a movie I would want to see 14 times. But I liked it. Awesome. 
I was a little concerned about seeing it because for those of you who were never guests at our old apartment, Justin printed out a picture of Jeff Goldblum looking like he was apeshit crazy and and the caption read, Jeff Goldblum is watching you poop. And he put it on the wall facing the toilet. And I always assumed that the screen cap where and he really does look crazy was from the fly. I don't think it was. But I don't think it was either, but I didn't know that. So, he, but he was watching you poop. I was really concerned about watching the movie because I was scarred from the Jeff Goldblum is watching you poop poster. It was a popular thing on the internet for a while. Was it really? Years ago, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. It's still, Google that stuff, guys. He's watching you poop. It's too bad we didn't know him personally back then. Yeah. Because then we could have invited him over and he could have gone to our bathroom and then Jeff Goldblum (laughs) would have been watching Jeff Goldblum poop and it would have been like Inception and the world would have exploded. The nesting dolls of Jeff Goldblum watching himself poop. Exactly. That's true. You know what? One day we'll go and watch him play music at Cafe Was and we'll tell him about this. I can't wait to... uh... He's one of those people that uh, if I actually met in person, I'd probably just start, you know, like a fanboy. I'd be like, oh my God, you've been in some of my favorite movies. You don't understand. I think that you guys would be best friends because when I call you Encyclopedia Brown of Film, he's like the godfather Encyclopedia Brown of Film. Why am I, why am I not the Encyclopedia Britannica of <laughs> Film? I'm the Encyclopedia <laughs> Brown. <laughs> Like, I'm like, am I uncovering mysteries of, of movies or something? I don't understand. Am I the, uh, the, am I the, uh, the Jessica Fletcher of film? Would you say that? Yes. I like that even better. The Jessica Fletcher of film. Settle down, Jessica Fletcher. You know what, though? Um, Jeff Goldblum is like the godfather of the Jessica Fletcher of film. Because, I, I mean, I kid you not. He knows who was in every movie ever created, who directed it, what they were going for, like, what their whole milieu is. Like, it's, I can't even hold a conversation with him, because he'll, he'll go on and on for, like, five minutes, and he'll be really deep and use words that I don't even understand, and then afterward, he'll be like, what do you think? And I'll go, I like butterflies. Dude, for our episode 100, we're going to have to go to Cafe Was, and I would go to him and be like, dude, dude. You need to be a guest on the So I Married a Movie podcast. We've talked about you in like three episodes already. And you like my wife. <laughs> do, and, it, do it because you like her. And you're awesome. That too. Exactly. Yeah. You know, he is pretty awesome. His favorite game, I think I've said this before, is to point, point at you and tell you who he thinks you look like. Awesome. And he's tall like me. So we he could, is tall. We could talk about being tall. And he, and he wears uh, fedora hats and plaid uh, suits. <laughs> and he likes to soft shoe. That's awesome. He's totally eccentric. So, The Fly is one of my favorite movies. Yeah? <laughs> Why? Because it's so... How do your other favorite movies feel about that? It's so freaking weird. Yeah, The Shining is like, what about me? <laughs> oh. The Fly is like... No, I'm a favorite the shining too. is like, a, oh, what about me? Oh, <laughs> oh the fly is also about a um, a, a, a guy <laughs> discovering his wee wee. <laughs> He's discovering it falling off because he has AIDS. Oh my God, AIDS face! Can we talk about that? Because this movie was in the '80s. Because yeah, I, I understand that you you thought as as the, the the main character of the fly was turning into a fly, you kept saying he's got AIDS, he's got AIDS. <laughs> no, but that's just it. I didn't like come right out and accuse him of having AIDS. I just kept going AIDS face, AIDS face. Oh look, lesions, AIDS face. That's what Philadelphia was all about. He was turning <laughs> into a fly. Tom Hanks was turning into a fly. If only AIDS were that simple. But because then we could do something. But <laughs> instead of dying of AIDS, they just turn into a gigantic fly. Right? It's better. But here's what I don't understand. <laughs> Magic Johnson, you're on notice. <laughs> Why haven't you turned into a fly yet? Sorry, Magic. I love you, Magic Johnson. Oh, Magic Johnson. Just kidding. I go to his club. 
I mean, I, the 24 hour fitness. I was at 24 hour fitness when he where he came by to play basketball once. Really? Yeah. It's funny because it, if you check in on Facebook on it, it actually says you're 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 checking into the 24 hour magic fitness. Oh yeah. Yeah, like it's magic. Awesome. I know it's pretty good. Like, watch as I levitate this barbell. <laughs> or, like, you go in looking like you and you come out looking, like, fabulous because it's magic. Or he's, like, in there in the basketball, he's playing basketball, and you're like, okay, you've got magic. <laughs> you know what's the ironic thing about the 24-hour magic fitness? What? There is no basketball court. Which one is that? Where is that one at? Sherman Oaks, right here at the Galleria. Oh, I've never been to that one. They've got, like, a Hollywood's little Hollywood's got a basketball spa. court. That's the one I saw. Right. Well, this is a sport level, not super sport. Got it. Anyway. Can, but here's what I meant about AIDS face. Like, Jeff Goldblum obviously goes from looking like Jeff Goldblum to being really good in gymnastics, to starting to have spots on his face, to starting to have lesions on his face, to full out turning into a fly. Up until, like, the lesions on his face stage of development, women found him attractive. Dude, even with the lesions on on the face, he he picked up that chick at the bar after he broke that guy's hand. Right, which is the point I'm trying to make. What woman doesn't, at this especially time in history, look at his face and go, oh, he's got the black death. Like, they just were like, yeah, lesions. They went on with it. I don't know. I don't understand. You don't understand, do you? I don't. He just had a, a suave quality that... And also, here's another question. What? Are flies, a.k.a. the insects, by nature, like, egotistical assholes? Because he became so more, so much more egotistical and asshole. I bet they are. They went on. If I, if I were to have a conversation with one, probably would be, damn you fly. Stop but being an asshole. Well, that's because, like, that's how it happened. His trajectory of character became, as he became more of a fly, he became more of an egotistical asshole. He was like, you're just jealous. I'm great. Jack Torrance, fly guy, assholes. Yeah, except one's crazy and the other one's just turning into a fly. Well, if, if, if my skin was quickly falling off my, if I was falling apart throughout the whole movie, I'd probably have a chip on my shoulder too. No, but that's just it. He didn't, like, he had the chip on his shoulder. He was eating all that sugar too, you right. know? But he, when well, you're, when I you're, ate sugar. When you're engulfing, you know, dum-dums and funyuns, probably affects your... What are you trying to say? What do you mean? What? I have sugar all the time, and I'm fine. I'm great. <laughs> I never get moody at all. Never. Shut up. <laughs> no, but, but, but truly, I don't understand, because before he even became super flyish. It's a movie. Super fly Are you trying to, like... <laughs> No, I'm, like, I'm asking you about that. Like, the character trajectory. Why it became more of a dick. Um, well, because th- this was his life work. and um, You're it, just jealous. It wasn't in the plans for him to turn into a fly, obviously. He didn't know he was turning into a fly at first when he became a dick. He was just like, I'm a great gymnast. You're an asshole. I don't know. Look how strong I am. Look how green I am. <laughs> Let's go in the machine together and be great. And sexual. He's like, I know you just, I just met you, Gina Davis, but can we, you know, knock at the boots? Oh, I thought you were going to ask if they could do something in Africa together. <laughs> Gina Davis, discover my wee wee before, <laughs> before it falls off from AIDS. Yeah, this is really bad. Fly AIDS. Uh, did you ever find Gina Davis attractive? Um, no. But I always had. She's tall. But I always thought she was fascinating for some reason. Like in this movie, Earth Girls Are Easy, which you've seen now. Um, there's a there's a really good movie that she did with Samuel Jackson called The Long Kiss Goodnight. I've heard of this. Where she's uh, an uh, assassin that gets amnesia, and then she like becomes like a housewife. But then, like people start trying to kill her, and she. Like comes to and realizes that she's an, an actual assassin, so it's like a housewife that turns into James Bond. Nice. It's a really good movie. But what has she done lately? Not a lot. What have you done for me? She was in that like Commander in Chief TV show. Ooh, ooh, yeah. She needs a. Yeah, she she needs, was. She needs a comeback. League of Their Own Part Two. Oh, League of Their Own. But how would that work? Because they showed them being old women in the end. It's true. Unless it was like. A somehow in between film of what they show in the end and where they left off in like the 50s stuff 
Or 40s, I should say. Exactly. Like a 70s league of their own. There's no league. Just their own. I was always disappointed that she didn't get uh, a role in The Fly 2. Oh, I asked you if there was a, a Fly 2, and you were like, yes, there was. Was Goldblum even in it? No. It was Eric Stoltz. He played their he played their kid. Oh jeez. She dies. She dies in childbirth, and I think this is how I haven't seen that one in a long time. And it's basically about the kid and him discovering his wee wee and turning all asshole flyish like his his his, his pops. I don't understand how in the towards the end of the fly when he obviously is trying to like not mate but you know cross Gino paths with Gene Davis mm-hmm. so he could you know turn into a regular person again first of all the computer was incredibly explicit when it told him you must have a pure human form and obviously she was pregnant with his baby which meant she was already like having some part fly in her so it wouldn't have worked out because he would have just diluted the pool with more fly but it was his best it was his closest thing that he had he could have like hit a homeless person over the head and just put him in the bod then he'd be half homeless person who wants that he'd still be human <laughs> are you saying homeless people are people no let's be serious <laughs> no of course they are but the homeless person his life would be greatly improved because now he could be Jeff Goldblum no, he'd be half AIDS half homeless that doesn't sound like fun okay the other thing, though, was that once um, the editor of Gina Davis, you know, shot out the machine with his good hand so it would no longer work. How Talking did, about assholes, that guy's a great asshole. He was a total dick. He's a dick in Die Hard. He's a dick in The Fly. Yeah. He plays a good dick. Yeah. Uh, and I don't mean detective. Wee-wee. Means wee-wee. Good wee-wee. <laughs> yeah, he's a good wee-wee. Uh, I don't understand how the computer took it upon itself in, like, the final ten seconds to go... We don't meet you with the other bod with nothing in it. Like it was the most random thing. He when he walked out, it was like some sort of slug thing, and he had like pieces of what looked like a pod sticking out of his back. That was that was the biggest like wah wah wah. Like I wonder if the writers though. Can you imagine in like the early eighties or mid eighties, like them sitting around the writers room being like, "Wait a minute, what if for the final twist, the computer made him?" With the paw, and he's got, like, metal coming out of his back, like, discs and, and stuff, and people are like, wow, man, that'd be, that'd be like, and, she, and she's got the gun, and he's, like, he, like, takes the gun with his, like, mangled half-pod, half-fly hand, is like, shoot me in the head, I can't be a half-pod, half-fly, shoot me, take he me out like of my... He has, like, a crap claw take, hand. Take me out of my misery. And... He's like, I can't even masturbate with this. Oh, gross, man. And fly vomit since when is it acid? Don't uh, isn't that what they do? They like kind of vomit to break their food down and then they suck it up. I'm not a fly expert. I learned everything about flies from this movie. I thought that they eat their food first, then regurgitate it, and then eat it back up like pigeons, but with no babies, just for themselves. Like hmm. eat, vomit, eat. This sounds like I should be looking it up on Wikipedia. Listen, Encyclopedia Brown, figure it out. <laughs> All right, the Jessica Fletcher of film. <laughs> Go discover this. <laughs> Solve this murder. Because then it doesn't make sense. Later on, he's just like, blah, 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 and he like vomits on that guy's ankle and his. That arm. was awesome. It was really bad. I couldn't watch it. I did, and I'm sorry I did. It was really bad. Oh man, I, th- I, th- I always thought he- she just brought another baboon, and he could have been half baboon, half AIDSy fly guy. How did you feel watching the vomit? How did I feel? Uh huh. Um, the baboon thing was terrible. It made me crazy. Well, I love that you brought up your, you know, bright idea of having a bulimic army. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you said that, I thought about uh, you seeing Indiana Jones and the Triple Doom, where they're on the bridge. <laughs> And you're like, how did, How are they supposed to get to the other side? And then you're like, maybe they should puke. He should puke on them. <laughs> Bulimic army. He should puke on them to get to the other side of the bridge. For those of you who haven't listened before, and by the way, if that's the case for you right now, I apologize. Let me explain briefly. One of my closest friends, Alexis, and I came up with an idea a few years ago 
that rather than an army that fights with real weapons who can kill each other, you should just have an army of bulimics fighting your war. Because, honestly, aren't you disarmed when somebody vomits on you? You're like, oh! And you don't even know what to do. And we discussed that, like, you'd have to be master masters at projectile vomiting to do this. Or you collect it all in, like, pails or, yeah. like, you put it in water, like, oh, it smells so bad. water balloons and then throw them. That's disgusting. I'm going to vomit just thinking about it. But if you if if you have Jeff Goldblum from the fly projectile vomiting, you can really do some damage. Right. Well, I mean, obviously it worked in this. He just vomited on the guy, and the guy was like, ah! <laughs> I went, see? Perfect. <laughs> My, I'm validated. I felt vindicated. <laughs> That's awesome. I really did. Um, okay, let's talk about the animal testing for a minute and how he uses a baboon to figure out whether he can teleport the baboon from point A to point B in two different pods. And the baboon comes back horribly, not even disfigured, but, like, inside out, basically. Yeah, I guess he just went down to the baboon factory on the corner of whatever and, huh? Third and Broadway? (laughs) Third and, yeah, Third and Broadway. Do those streets even intersect? I don't know. I haven't been to New York. (laughs) But. What's that? Were you drunk? (laughs) Were you drunk? (laughs) <laughs> Sound like Randy Quaid in Independence Day. <laughs> I fly. I fly. I'm pilot. <laughs> you want a baboon? I'll go get it. <laughs> I booked a home and quit drinking. <laughs> but seriously, so sad. Because the baboon, like, right up until he goes in the first pod, like, and like looking at Jeff, like, I love you, daddy. And he puts him in the pod, and then he comes back, and he's like, ah, dead. Oh, he's not even a man. He's just, you know... He hit a, the glass. A pile of, of goo. Convulsing goo. Goo. Convulsing goo. Yes, I'm against turning baboons inside out. Is that what you're getting to? Uh, I'm against animal testing and also showing animal testing in film. Period. The end. Mistake. And then they had the audacity to do it again. By the way, boycott cover girl. They test on animals. Still... Cover girl? Cover girl. Well, I'm never going to use their makeup again. Good. And anything made by Procter & Gamble, same thing. Well, I'm never... Wait a minute. They, toilet papers from Procter & Gamble. They make a lot of stuff. Yeah, they do make a lot of stuff. Okay. Anyway, animal testing. Well, side. you know, uh, if you want to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs. What? <laughs> You want to have a teleportation device? You gotta figure. You know, shoes. What do you use? Shoes. Mouse shoes. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> shoes have the same makeup as humans. Or if you need something that has organic matter, a plant. A plant is living. It has cells. So if so, you're like, okay, plant, plant works. Let me jump in the machine. Well, you get up to the Venus flytrap, <laughs> which is more human-like than the other plants, because, you know, I know that movie. I've seen it. So say you take the kid from The Shining, <laughs> yeah. circle The Shining, put him in the teleportation device. He's discovering his wee-wee at the same time as it goes. Does that mean he turns into, like, a half, like, jism kid monster. This is disgusting, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, I don't know how you expect me to answer this question. I'm no Steve Urkel, okay? Steve I, Urkel. <laughs> I, I don't have the my... Jessica Fletcher of <laughs> teleportation devices. <laughs> that is his official title. Steve Urkel. No, what was the Slav version of Steve Urkel? What was his name? The Slav version? <laughs> yes, the Slav version of Steve Urkel. <laughs> Slavic? Slaw Urkel. S S S L A W. Did you say slaw? I said slaw, and then I was like, you mean like Slavic? No, I said suave. Oh, entirely different. Yeah. Uh, Stefan. Stefan. Yeah, Urkel. <laughs> Stefan Urkel. That wasn't a teleportation device. Yes, it was. Wasn't it? No, I thought it was like... A human DNA machine. <laughs> Even better. It was a some kind of advancement. Cool, he made it made him really cool. But it was like a DNA replicator. Like, didn't he do things too? 
like turn plants into other things that weren't plants. You know, I don't think Family Matters really put that much thought into their, you know, scientific contraptions on that show. I actually read an article the other day on Funny or Die that was like all about 80s and 90s characters who were so smart they should have gone to Ivy League schools and always ended up at a state school for some reason, ostensibly to keep the show going. And Steve Urkel was one of them, and they had a whole thing about him. They're like, for God's sake, the guy made a machine that replicated human DNA. And he ended up at, like, Illinois State. Uh, yeah, once once the whole Stefan business started going on, I was like, okay, they've run out of things to do. I really like Stefan. Come on. He was attractive. He was funny. He wasn't Steve. Why didn't they bring, like, uh, weird science into Full House in some way like they did Family Matters? They really dropped the ball on that one. Wait, what? What? I'm confused. Well, obviously it was like a... They didn't bring Family Matters into Full House. No, I'm talking about they brought, like, this weird scientific contraption into a, you know, stupid Friday night sitcom. Yeah, but they didn't do that with Full House. That's what I'm saying. They should have. Oh, I see what you're saying. Kimmy Gibbler could have used something like that. Right? A pretty machine. Kamina Gibbler. Kamina? Yeah. Like Stefan. No. We can come up with... Couldn't she have just been Kimberly? Because she was always Kimmy. <laughs> I, I thought that was her real name or, anyway. Or Kimberlane. Kimberlane? Yeah. I know somebody named Kimberlane. That doesn't sound stupid at all. Kimberlyn? Sure. And then instead of Gibbler, what? <laughs> Gibraltar. Gibbler. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Real original. Gibbler. So what was your favorite scene in The Fly? Oh, gee, there's so many. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Honestly, probably when, um, he very first, he very first started changing. He'd been through the machine he came out on the other side. He had the weird stitches in his back, and it seemed all funky. And then he got AIDS face. And then shortly after that, he got all crazy. And, like, standing in front of the mirror, like, watching his body basically falling apart. I can't even call it my favorite scene. It was just more like, oh, my God, this is happening scene. Oh, I just assumed that your favorite scene was the um, when Genius Davis went in for the um, half-fly baby shmushmortion. <laughs> shmushmortion. That's true. I, I forgot that was pretty good. He like flied himself on the glass and like broke in because flies can do that and like took him took her out. You're like, why is she there in the middle of the night? You know what should have been playing on the music did at they, that point? Did, and they, you know, did you know, they call that Schmorschen doctor in the middle of the night? Yeah, I was like, how did he find her? <laughs> but do you know what would have been even better if, as he broke in, this started playing in the background and then it turned out he was singing it. I'll take you into the night and show you the world like you never seen. Never seen. Yeah, like perfect. I'll lift you up, I'll take you in the night. Perfect. I don't even know the name of that song. Oh, man. Oh, my God. And then when he was, like, dying and he was holding the gun to his head, like, please kill me now because I'm no longer a fly now. I'm also half pod. Yeah. They should have had Billy Vera and the beaters. I fall down on my knees. Just the ground you walk on, baby. If I could just hold you. The gun is up to his head. If I... <laughs> <laughs> she kills him. <laughs> That's my version of this movie. <laughs> it's improved. Oh, wow. I know. So what will be your final grade for The Fly? B. B. What, you gave them both Bs? Yeah, B, B plus. So out of the two, which one's your favorite, you think? I suppose The Shining. Okay. It still had more going on than The Fly. They're both my favorites. <sighs> be like picking a child. I couldn't do it. You're like me when it comes to my friends. I'm like, this is my best friend. This is my best friend. They're all my best friends. Well, pretty much, yeah. Every movie in front that's in front of me at the time is my favorite. That's true. This is my favorite. Nope. This is my favorite. This will be good when you eventually have kids, and, and even more so when you have grandkids. This is my favorite. This is my favorite. Nope. They're all my favorite. But don't tell my other favorite I said that. Oh, wow. Okay. What did you give the fly? A, dude. Which one is more your favorite? (sighs) 
Probably shiny. By a smidge. By a smidge? A little smidgen. Hmm. Hmm. Well, then. Well, that was fun. Indeed. Thanks for sticking with us through the crazy, everyone. Yeah. This was... Like it, this was off the deep end, crazy. I'm sorry. We were talking about kids discovering themselves. Lots of sexual situations and poop and pee and vomit and smorshins. Yep, yeah, right. Oh, don't let your family listen to this one. Now that more I think about it, I'm like, don't do it. Well, dude, if like, I mean, if a uh, crazy fly monster dude with AIDS knocks you up. You gotta go in the yellow pages and look for a shmushmortion, like a crazy fly shmushmortion expert or something. That's true. Well, now we know. The more you know. <laughs> okay. Well, until next week, I guess. Find us on Twitter at Justin Winters or at Chris Winters with a K. All one word, of course. And we are always open to movie suggestions. The only caveat to that is if I've seen it, Justin says it's not eligible. Or if Justin doesn't like it, Justin says it's not eligible. Well, it's half my podcast, so I can make the decision like that. It's funny, because it's called So I Married a Movie Geek, but it's really about Justin. It should be like, So I Married Somebody Who Doesn't Know Her Ass From a Hole in the Ground. That's too long of a title. <laughs> but the whole point is, we're watching movies that you haven't seen, so it's not So We Watched Titanic for the... <laughs> 73rd time or so we watch Clueless again well we or, reached... so, or so we watch um so you think you get intense. what did we watch this past weekend for uh like the 30,000th time Independence Day no what was on TV oh uh, Parent Trap yeah I love the, the 61 version not the, the stupid what's her face version Lindsay Lohan whatever no definitely Haley Mills all the way alright I'm going to sleep I'm tired alright oh well Justin's out and apparently masturbating. I'm not really masturbating. <laughs> I would hope not. I hope that that's not the sound you made while that happens, by the way. I'm discovering myself. <laughs> My wee-wee. Well, you know, 30 years is better than nothing. 